podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise. For your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. The sun has risen and the world has not ended. So that means Bosco's boys are back. Yes, this probably is one of my least favorite shows that we have ever recorded. But we're here. We're doing it. We haven't missed a Monday. We're not going to start now. That game wasn't fun, but we have a show. It is just me, Scott. Uh, No Granty celebrating his wonderful wife's uh, birthday today. So... I am doing it solo, but it doesn't mean we can't still have a little bit of fun. I'll tell you this, though. We do have a great new sponsor. If you want to have some fun, get over to Symbol. S-I-M-B-U-L-L. You guys are going to love it. It is the stock market market for sports that's going to allow you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks and every time your team wins, you earn cash. Use your knowledge on Symbol to buy low and sell high and earn cash payment when your team wins. Join the 7,000 early adapters who have discovered and started to invest in their favorite sports teams over at Symbol.com. That is www.Symbol.com to create your account. S-I-M-B-U-L-L. When you make a deposit, make sure to use the promo code SD and your deposit is risk-free. Join them and if up to $100 you decide, hey, this isn't for me, you can pull it out and get your $100 right back. There's There's no liability. Get over there, have fun. Guys, I'm over there right now. It's a lot of fun. I have shares in the Chiefs because guess what? They are way down from where they were at the beginning of the season. And I think they're going to pop back. Also, if you have faith in the Cats bouncing back, I think it's time to hop on them because their stock price is falling quite a bit as well. So get over there. Use promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. Even if you lose money, Symbol will refund the full deposit. No questions asked. All right, let's get into it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't good. First off, I want to touch on something that was good. Um, the Trailblazers thing. They did a good job talking about them in uh, stadium. I've said it before. They need to do more around this Trailblazers program. Verl Schweitzer, Harold Robinson should have the field named after them. Um, they need to celebrate Ray Romano. They need to celebrate Mr. Hoyt as well. Those four truly are Trailblazers. They need to do more. But I had goosebumps when I saw Vero Schweitzer open the door as part of that introduction. I think that was awesome. I think they need to do more. They need to take this Trailblazers thing a step forward. Um, That's what they need to do. I I 100% believe that. I think this can be an asset to 
K-State as an academic university and an athletic uh, you know, program if we celebrate these stories more. It's not just on the athletic side. It's on the academic side as well. So I hope that this is just the beginning. Um, another thing we typically talk about up at the top is you know, the crowd, all this type of stuff. It was a great crowd. And again, that's such such a shame. Um, everyone who's listening watch the game or they're at the game. The very first freaking play, you give up a 75-yard touchdown, and the crowd never really got engaged from that. I, I, it, I sensed it as kind of a nervous crowd, a on-edge crowd, uh, just to begin with, and giving that play up. Um, and then, you know, the interception earlier, the missed field goal, it, it just made it to to the point where the crowd was not was not going to ever really get involved to the extent that they could have. And that's sad. That makes me frustrated because uh, it had the makings of being a really fun and interesting and extreme crowd, and you weren't able to do that. And this is something that I had talked about before, and it's something that uh, in some of the preseason episodes, even some of the episodes as of late that I was scared of. Um, but but here's the thing, you know, with this loss, you're done seeing those those uh, big crowds. You're done seeing the student sections, you know, full. You're not going to get another sellout this season. K-State fans are amazing when they're engaged. I think that when K-State fans are engaged with a team, they are some of the best fans in the world. But K-State fans are not special. K-State fans are not diehards. K-State fans are not exceptions to rules. They're checked out. The casual fans now with three straight losses, they're checked out. The next game is... 11 a.m. game on Fox Sports 1 in Lubbock, Texas. They're checked out. It doesn't matter what happens from here on out for the casual fans. They're checked out. They're doing something else with their Saturdays in the fall. And you just got to hope that you can get them back with the excitement of football season next year. And you hit the ground running for them. They're gone. The diehard fans, the fanatics, they're now pushing against you they're pushing against the coaching staff they're pushing against the athletic administration and i'm not going to tell them not to i think we on this show myself and grant or i won't speak for grant myself i have in the past kind of tried to tell people what to feel what to think all this type of stuff i'm not going to do that i'm not going to do that that's eight straight losses in big 12 play uh, when you play Texas Tech on Saturday, that's going to be 364 days in between getting a conference win. I'm not going to tell people, uh, no, shut up, support the team, do all this type of stuff, yada, yada, yada. It's not my place. I have a podcast, you know, a few thousand people listen every episode. That's not my place. I'm not trying to tell boneheads i'm not trying to tell general k-state fans what to think i'm only going to give my opinion my opinion is i'm not jumping off i'm i want to see what happens this season but there's enough out there we've seen enough over the last calendar year that makes the people who are not on board they have enough ammo that it's, it's enough and you can't do anything tangibly to tell these people no here's the thing we all knew that three and three a three and three start to this season was possible the teams we've lost to in Big 12 player are combined 9-1 in conference play right now. We 
have played in six games. All but one of them were we not underdogs in Vegas at one point. And that was the game versus an FCS school where Skyler goes down during the game. But you were wired-to-wire underdogs for Nevada, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. You were back-and-forth underdogs with Stanford. Anyone who's trying to act like this is the lowest low in so long for K-State football, which has been some of the narrative, I think is hyperbolic. But that's just my opinion. Again, I think that some folks are lacking a little bit of perspective. Everyone knew when this season started you very well could be 3 and 3. You very well could have been 2 and 4. I mean anyone who's acting like this is the end of the world and oh this is the lowest point and some of the hyperbolic stuff I think is crazy. But again, like I said, they have enough of that uh information. They if you, if they're choosing to go back on last year and say, look how the season ended last year, and look how the Big 12 season started this year, they're right. They're, there's nothing you can say because those are stats. You can try to provide context. You can try to provide uh, your own point of view, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say, hey, look, you know, we Vegas had us as, you know, the over-under was five and a half. We have been underdogs in at one point in five of our first six games. The schedule is going to get lighter. There's going to be opportunities for wins, and there's going to be opportunities to reel off multiple wins. Now, you lose to Texas Tech on Saturday. You can't keep it rolling versus TCU like you've been able to. You know, yeah, things start looking bad. Then, yes, you're looking at, okay, you got the KU win. Like, Saturday becomes... Isn't a game for the casual fans. Saturday is not a game that is going to change minds for the better because those people are gone. Casual fans are gone, and people who want to hate on Climb and hate on Gene Taylor, they're gone. You're not getting them back. You may never get them back. You might get the casuals back, but you will never get those folks. You know, th- there is different moments, you know, in the Bruce Weber era where different segments of fans were lost. Uh, And he won some of those folks back by winning a Big 12 title and going to an Elite Eight. Not even all of them. Kleiman doesn't even have the first Big 12 title, and he doesn't have some of the stuff to stand on. And I I don't see him winning a Big 12 title next year. I don't see him having a top eight season next year. So again, I I don't think there's even something that you're going to get back. But there's still segments of K-State fans who never even bought back in during the you know, Elite Eight and Big 12 championship years on Bruce. So that is just a segment, and I think it's fans as a whole. I don't, I don't think that, again, I said K-State fans are not special. They're not. K-State fans are not special. K-State fans are not unique because um, this isn't just a K-State fan. I think controversial hires are hires that didn't have a high approval rating anywhere in the country. Anywhere in the country. Uh, you're going to have the fans rooting for their prediction and making it so they're not bought in. They're not going along with that coach in the first the first sign of, oh, shit's hitting the fan. They go back to that and they say, fire them, fire them, fire them. And there's nothing that they can do to get back on, on track. K-State fans are not unique. They're not unique at all and in positive and negative times. They're not diehards. 
and other fan bases are just as fickle and stupid and crazy when it comes to the hires that they didn't like as well. Again, it, it's we, we like to think that K-State fans are this unique breed. Oh, we're, we have this superiority when it comes to supporting the team. We don't, but no fan base does. There's maybe a handful in the world, and even though, uh, again, it's not unique. K-State fans are not unique, and other fan bases aren't better either. You know, this it, not, none of it is unique. And, and that's something that, hey, we just have to establish, and we have to try to move on. Now, what happens moving forward, that's completely all on the team. At the end of the day, and this, it sucks that this is the mentality, but we already established this would be happening at many other places. This isn't unique, but now it is truly climbing, looking in at his guys and saying, hey, look, you're not getting that atmosphere you had on Saturday again. You're not having this fever pitch of excitement and support for you anymore. We lost the chance to hold that all season by starting 0-3. And that's fine. You have to bounce back. Skylar Thompson talked about in his postgame media availability that, hey, we as captains and leaders have to make sure we don't lose the team and we move them forward. They have to do that. Because here's the thing. One, if you lose at Texas Tech next weekend, it goes from you know, having some of the folks that are bought in to climb in early and they're wanting to believe in him. All of a sudden, you lose that game versus Texas Tech you're going to start losing those people. And you're going to start losing the people that you have had in your corner from day one if you lose to Texas Tech. And again, all of a sudden, we knew how important this Iowa State game was for this season. The Texas Tech game is even more important, not just for this season, but for everything beyond. Because if Kleiman starts losing the people that he had in his corner, and if this team starts losing the people that had in their corner from day one, all of a sudden it is going to get very lonely, very isolated, very cold in Manhattan for this fall. So that's just kind of my opening rant. We'll, we'll talk through some stuff. And again, you know, total yards, time of possession, turnovers, penalties. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible. But again, you don't do the small things to win. And we'll, we'll get into that. Before we do... Uh, talk to, I want to talk to you guys about Spotify Greenroom. If you want a spot to talk to your fellow sports fans, if you want to talk to us, download Spotify Greenroom. It's the place for you. It's free to download. Join. Uh, just go to the Apple iOS uh, store or the Android app store. Download. We're going live Wednesday at 7 p.m. or immediately after weekday basketball games. Join us for our new versions of hot, Quick Take Hot Take for basketball games and our weekly live shows. All right. Uh, offense. Again, this is really where I come down on the offense. Um, I think, and, and this isn't popular, and anytime I voice it, it is not popular on Twitter. I don't think Courtney Messingham is calling bad games. Ultimately, there are three plays that stick out to me that if they go differently, the whole game goes off different for offense. And they were all f- good plays by Courtney Messingham. The first one is that first interception. Skyler makes a bad throw. He throws it. He overthrows Malik. Malik makes a play on it. He gets his hands on it, and it goes right through. A little tip through, and it goes through for an interception. Bad throw by Skyler. Malik still needs to come down with it, and then boom, there's a turnover. The second one is, and I kind of almost kind of put these two together. Phillip Brooks doesn't catch that tunnel screen that... Uh, you know, it was reviewed. It was correctly called incomplete. He doesn't catch it. That was a big play 
uh, where we could have punched it in to go up 14 to 10 early. And then before that, there was the pass interference no call in the end zone with uh, Tyron Howe. Those plays don't go against you. One of them is a judgment call. One of them is uh, a little bit of an underthrow by Skyler and Phillip Brooks not getting his hands under the ball. And then the third one, again, you go to Phillip Brooks, and it's on, uh, of course, a third down, third and four, I think, uh, first series in the third quarter. Phillip Brooks drops a pass that he could have taken for 20. Those go a different way. All of a sudden, it's a different ball game. And I, I just have a hard time when you see some of these other issues on the field, having that same vitriol and hate for Courtney Messingham uh, that some folks are. And I, and I think it ultimately is because I don't think he's the worst coordinator that we have. I think he's been a, a target from day one, which, okay, again, I'm not going to tell folks don't hate on Messingham because I don't think he's the worst coordinator. He's definitely not without fault. Uh, but I, I think it's I think it's almost weird that for the most part of the fan base, he's still the target when he we have, in the last three games in Big 12 play, just had execution errors and just not looked good on defense. So that's just my point of view. Uh, Skyler, like I said, he had that one very bad throw. And then the tunnel screen to Phillip Brooks, that was tough. I mean, it was definitely a step back from the Oklahoma game. But I think he ultimately was fine. You know, he went 15 of 23 for 206 yards and two touchdowns. He got a rushing touchdown. Again, uh, I, I don't think he is seen as an ink lock test anymore, especially because we have seen what's behind him. It wasn't a great game, but, you know, he he did. I, I think he put the team in okay enough positions that it didn't have to go the way it did. Uh, it was good to see him running again. He's going to have to continue to improve on his running improve on his health because if he doesn't do that he he can't do enough to lead this team to a win he needs a lot of help to get us wins versus decent okay to decent teams uh, if he doesn't have the ability to run and i don't think just kind of seeing him run around out there i don't think we're ever going to see skyler back to that 100 percent running threat like we've seen in the past so you're really going to need more from the wide receivers. You're going to need more from the tight ends. You're going to need more from the offensive line. Um, you're going to have to get a little bit more creative with the running backs. Uh, so, you know, can you take a couple more steps forward in the next six games? Yes. But I just don't, I, I don't think he's going to be able to get his legs back to a point where you can put, put the entire game on his shoulders um, he's going to need a lot of help. And, and again, most quarterbacks do. I think asking any quarterback to single-handedly win games for you is a tough ask. Um, I think Skyler, at his peak ability, his peak throwing and peak running, he could single-handedly change games and win games versus the likes of Tech, TCU, KU, this year's West Virginia. But he's not going to get to that point. So again, on offense, you're going to need a lot more from everyone. Offensive line, ultimately, I think they do an okay job. You know, I'd probably give them a C, uh, maybe a C plus. They did give up four tackles for a loss, including three sa uh, sacks, uh, which really put us in some bad situations. But they did allow for over 150 rushing yards when you take out, 
you know, the sack yardage, uh, which is almost double what Iowa State gives up every week. Um, you know, Joe, Skyler, and Deuce all had rushes over 11 yards. You know, they're fine. I actually think for the most part, the offensive line has had an improvement from where they were early in the season. Uh, you do start to kind of scratch your head and say, okay, you know, where was this? You know, versus Oklahoma State, I, I think the last two games have been a lot better. Uh, is it enough to overcome for some stuff or to basically say, hey, we're going to run the ball 50 times versus a decent offense? No, but I mean, I, they, they just kind of are what they are. I think they're an above-average Big 12 offensive line. I think that's what we saw yesterday, but in a game where uh, the defense wasn't getting enough stops and you made some mistakes early to – find a way to win the game you were going to need them to be better than above average and that's just kind of what they were average is above average tight ends fullbacks uh, no stats at the fullbacks saw a mix of guys it seems like ben sennett is kind of taking over for jacksonine as that starting fullback and i think it ultimately comes down to you can shift him to h back to tight end he's a much more versatile player um tight ends daniel matter had two catches for 35 yards but ultimately that happened in you know, the final garbage time drive, the two biggest, you know, headline transfers have been disappointing. Daniel Matter, Bebe, and Julius Brintz both have been extremely disappointing for what the coaches said, what you could see in flashes and tape, uh, what insiders say. I, th- those two guys were not fan-created hype. This was hype that was coming from the program. This was ca- uh, hype coming from journalists this was hype coming from people just in the greater college football world not even connected to k-state and they have been just very disappointing and that sucks because with a good tight end this offense can look totally different we saw it at points with briley moore last year um it just just the lack of uh reliability the lack of consistency from Daniel Matter baby it just sucks and again it's probably health we knew that was going to be an issue but uh you know his two for 35 it, it came late and it just d- didn't really matter another disappointment has been Sammy Wheeler you know I was probably hoping that he'd be able to take a step forward because there were quote-unquote Sammy Wheeler games you know the last two years where he he has a big game and you think oh man this guy could be the real deal will he take his next step forward this year and no he hasn't um so again i think the tight end spot as a whole has maybe been one of the most disappointing uh running backs you know deuce vaughn had a fine game uh but he was 100 outshined by Brees hall because you know Brees had those two highlight home run plays where deuce his his biggest uh you know g- gains were you know 12 12 on a rush and 19 on a pass. You know, he goes over 100 yards yards from scrimmage. It was a good game. Deuce Vaughn is a good, a very good, almost great running back. Not trying to take anything away from him. Joe Irvin, eight carries for 60 yards, long of 16. I think he's a great complimentary back to Deuce. I think we, as fans, kind of got caught up in like, oh, they kind of have similar builds. But Deuce is that jitterbug. He's going east and west and he's trying to make big plays he's trying to do jukes joe irvin hits a hole he hits it hard and he hits it fast i like what joe irvin brings uh eight carries i i maybe you know what between the two of them they had 26 carries i mean maybe i'd like to see it you know 16 10 deuce to joe a couple more carries for joe i think that would be good ultimately those two are very good 
you have them at least after this year, you know, for two, three, maybe even four years, depending on if they want to do their super senior seasons or not. Or I guess two or three years, depending on if they want to do their super senior seasons or not. Um, so th- I think the future is bright with both of them. Wide receivers already touch on it. Brooks, you know, he in the three receptions he had, they were big plays, including that 40-yard touchdown. But again, that drop on third down and not being able to get his hands under that tunnel screen uh, that got called back ultimately is what sticks out to me for that game. Again, it was a great play. It was it was a perfect pass from Skyler on that 40-yard touchdown to Brooks for our first touchdown of the game. Perfect play that Skyler checked into. Perfect route by Brooks. Perfect pass. That was great. But again, you know, it's it's those two moments that then stick with you even beyond that. Malik Knowles, similar situation. He had three for 46 a touchdown again, but it's like, you know, the first play I think of is the Skyler overthrow, but he gets his hands on it. It goes through his hands and it, it turns into an interception. Ultimately, I think more of the blame on that is on Skyler than Malik, but Malik had the ability to bail him out. Malik had the ability to go out and make that catch. It would have been a first down big play and he wasn't able to. Um, How, that, that was the best we've seen from how Again, it's starting to turn on for him, and that's exciting. Two uh, catches for 27. Draw, draw, drew a uh, pass interference call late. Not the one that we really wanted, but he did have it. And then Landry Weber, Cade Warner both had uh, catches. That was fine as well. We'll get into the defensive side of the ball. And the defensive side of the ball uh, review is sponsored by Adopt, Don't Shop. If you want to bring home a new fur- furry friend to your family, be sure to go to one of the thousands of great shelters and adoption agencies in our country. If you want to get yourself a great doggo like Chauncey Bosco or uh, Grants Newman, or even a cat, I'm sure there's good cats out there, get to a great uh, shelter and adopt, don't shop. Um, so this is where I hold the most vitriol for my for the game because uh, it, it just seems like it, th- this defense had the ability, and I think this is kind of where I go to uh, coaching the hardest is on on defense because the, this defense has the ability. You you cannot get rid of Brees Hall's seventy five yard rush to start the game. And then he had another what sixty sixty yarder. But if you, if you take away those two, all of a sudden you're holding him to like under three yards a carry, which you can't do that. Th- those plays happen and they were massive, and it's part of why Iowa State won the game. But the defensive line and the linebackers in the second, they have the ability, which I think makes it so frustrating that the last three games have gone the way they have. They have the ability. We saw it. You held one of the best running backs in the nation, you know, 28 carries to like two and a half yards. But again, you can't play that game. I, I The only reason I pointed out is to say that, hey, look, you have the ability. You have the ability to do it and it was bad coaching or bad execution or bad you know between the ears stuff that gave them two big runs and again that comes back to how you game prep it comes back to how you're a coach and that's why my biggest frustration is with Joe Klanderman he sells six games left in this season but we saw what last year was and we've seen what the first three games in Big 12 play are again he has more than enough time this season to course correct and get things going. And I understand you don't have Boom Massey. And I understand that you don't have Khalid Duke. And those are two of your leaders. But again, the guys have shown the ability. I would be saying one thing if, you know, it was every single play. If, uh, you know, 
I we have seen K State defenses that don't have the ability. We have, but that isn't this one. It is poor tackling technique. It is stupid mistakes. Twelve men on the field penalty that costs you seven points. Could have gotten a stop. They end up scoring. It is not having guys being able to make a play on the ball in the secondary. It is just stupid mistakes. And you see the abilities there. So th- th- that's why I I have so much frustration with Joe Klanderman and the defensive staff right now. And again, they can turn it around. But, but, but I mean, we've seen the flashes. We've seen the moments. And again, maybe it's cherry picking. and Maybe it's me just trying to find some silver lining. But I feel like it's been there. And that that's why I'm frustrated. And we were all thinking, oh, Joe Klanderman. He's a future head coach, and oh, he's this defensive, you know, master class, all this type of stuff. But he's been a disaster. He, the game planning and the execution has been abject disasters in the first three Big 12 games. And that's just disappointing, and it hurts my heart because I like Joe Klanderman as a person. I think he is smart. And I'm hoping he has enough in him to turn it around for this team uh, in the second half of the year. But it, it, just not up to it. Um, defensive line, uh, okay. They did an okay job again. Uh, you know, rush defense. I, you know, I. They they allow they they set up linebackers and secondaries to make plays, and you didn't outside of the big two plays. You did all right, which again makes me think. All right, if you just execute those plays a little bit better, maybe things are different. They're fine. Um, no sacks on twenty seven dropbacks on Brock Purdy. That sucks. That sucks. You allowed Brock Purdy to have one of his the best games he's had this season in a very shaky season. And again, it's like in Big Twelve play, we are fixing these quarterbacks, and that is just a just a frustrating frustrating thing uh, because the the pass rush in the secondary is what we were feeling most confident in this team, and it just has not been there in Big Twelve play. Linebackers: Daniel Green, uh, multiple missed tackles. Uh, he did get six tackles, one tackle for a loss. Um, you know, I, he, he is your best linebacker. And I think he is a big 12 player. But, you know, Cody Fletcher had three tackles. Wayne Jones, he got sucked in on one of those big plays. It just it just uh, is another kind of black mark. Again, something that I'm not going to defend the staff from because I was willing to go to bat for the staff in the offseason when – the only linebacker you added was Munoz. I thought, okay, maybe he'll play. Maybe he'll be a depth piece. Maybe with this change in system, you don't have as big of a need. But but the but the linebackers are a liability. They are a uh, a bad part of this team. And you didn't bring in a guy who could contribute. And and again, I think I think Daniel Green's fine. He made some plays. He had some missed tackles. It wasn't a great game but it wasn't horrible but Cody Fletcher for the most part was anonymous Wayne Jones got a tackle for a loss but for the most part not a game changer you needed another game changer at linebacker and I think even if the defense turns it around in the second half of the season I I think that we have seen enough to say it was another black mark on this defensive staff not bringing in a linebacker who could contribute we'll get to the secondary now again oh Ultimately, I, I don't need to go through the stats on them. They were poor. They only got one pass breakup. They were making it so 
Brock Purdy could get between 12 to 25 yards on every time he dropped back if he wanted. Every single time. It was just a disgusting display from the, the side of the ball. This position group that we thought was going to be one of the best in the Big 12 and the biggest strength on this team. And that's what they had. Julius Brintz has been a massive disappointment. And the kid is still young. He has more years in front of him. He can improve. But but the guy, he can be in positions. But he loses every single 50-50 ball. He's been mossed a couple times this year. And again, he has these long arms. He's a tall guy. The whole idea is he needs to be able to make plays on the ball. And the secondary as a whole also still very bad at tackling. Um, it was just a, it was just a rough night from them. I, I I think they probably had the roughest night out of everyone except for maybe the wide receivers or you know the tight ends and fullbacks being anonymous. But it was just it was just a rough night because Brock Purdy will throw you interceptions. You there were some balls that you could have made plays on, and they they made the plays. You know you, the secondary J Mac could not do anything on any of their on Coar their tight end. Uh, he was, you know, 12 yards almost every catch. It was just a disappointing game from the secondary when it didn't need to be like this. And I, I, I think it's more of kind of grading on a curve because you had such high hopes for the secondary. So just, just so much disappointment, just so much anger, so much, you know, let down on the defensive side of the ball. And that's where my anger is. Again, people can be mad at the offense. That's fine. I, I just think that in Big 12 play, it has been so much more the defense uh, being the issue. Um, we'll move in. We'll keep moving on to special teams, which talk about another disaster. But again, we are partnered with Symbol. Guys, this is actually, it's so much fun. Everyone has fun doing the whole cryptocurrency thing. People have fun doing the whole stocks things. But anyone who thinks they know what's going on with those, they're an idiot. We all know a lot more about sports than we do about stocks or crypto. So get over to Symbol and have some fun today. It's the stock market for sports, so you can use that knowledge to profit from it. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every team you own, if they win, you get a cash prize that you can pay out. Second, it's just like a stock. It could go up, it could go down. You cash out when it goes through the roof to the moon, all that type of stuff. If you think the Royals are going to go to postseason baseball next year, get in on them right when they're offered. Uh, there's all sorts of teams. Hey, if you think that uh, you know Texas is going to end up coming back, they're not. But hey, if you think so, hey, to the moon, buy them low. Same with K-State. Get over to Symbol right now if you want to buy low on the Cats and sell high later. It's a lot of fun. And it truly is the stock market for sports. I enjoy it so much over there. Uh, I've been having fun. Uh, if you use our promo code SD, you can make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or you decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your deposit, no questions asked. Get over there today. Symbol, that is S-I-M-B-U-L-L.com. Use promo code SD today. All right. Kicking. Oh my God! You, K State this year was never going to be good enough to overcome just giving points away. And Tayton Winkle, you know, missed a chip shot, field goal, and an extra point, and and that's concerning. That's very concerning, and especially in a game like this. Again, the kid has a stroke, and he can kick it far. I think he can be good, but again, this is now two games where he misses critical field goals and. 
you got to wonder about the psyche and you got to think, all right, you know, there, there were a lot of competitions going on. I think if, if he has another game like that, you have to at least give someone else a shot. Um, and that's kind of a scary situation you find yourself in. I, I do want to say I, I really like the fancy sidewinder uh, onside kick. I actually, shame on me, I don't know. Maybe it was Tate and Winkle. I don't know who was the one who kicked it, but I thought that was a very creative way just to kind of cause madness and a pile up. Uh, when the onside kick rules are what they are, I thought that was good. A return game, Malik Knowles looked like he was going to burst a couple of them. Ended up, uh, you know, having three good returns, but none of them were really game-changing. They eventually started kicking it out the back of the end zone late. I don't know why they weren't doing that the entire time, because uh, their return is not great. Uh, punting, Zetner, you know, three very good punts. Uh, average of 51 yards, had a long of 59. He was a good punter. I've been pleased with him this season. Um, so that's really ha- all I have with special teams. Again, I'm not going to, you know, spend 10 minutes railing on a college kicker. Um, but, you know, in a game like that, just giving away four points really hurts. Um, we'll grade the keys to V. That's sponsored by Spotify Green Room. We've said it. We've been saying it all the time. We're going live Wednesday, 7 p.m. We're going to put a bow on this game. We're going to talk Texas Tech. And before you know it, we're going to be able to talk about basketball games. I'm really excited to see what this live format with the Boneheads is going to bring during basketball season i think it's going to be a lot of fun so download and chat with us all right keys to be grant's first one was make them learn or earn everything offensively i'm giving that a d plus um the only reason it's not straight f is because if you are trying to do the whole positivity thing trying to find the silver lining Brees hall got over 70 percent of his yards on two runs so you did really make them earn it rushing the ball but again Anytime they wanted, they had 12 to 25 in the passing game. So I'm giving it a D plus. My first one was get inside Brock Purdy's head early. He can be rattled if he get in uh, in his head and he becomes his own worst enemy. That's a F, fat F. Uh, you only got I think one hit on him. Again, he was so comfortable. Uh, probably one of the most comfortable games Brock Purdy's ever played. Um, that's an F, and that's probably one of our worst failures this year. Um, Another just straight up F, special teams needs to make a significant difference. Uh, no, we lost four points. We didn't take anything away from them. Another fat F. And another F, um, and again, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I was going back and forth inside the stadium, but mine was keep the aggressive energy on offense. Go for it on fourth down, especially once you're in the red zone. Well, we didn't. We kicked it, and again, you miss the field goal. If you make it, I'll probably... Probably still would have given it an F because I wanted to be aggressive in the red zone. Uh, I guess we did go for it fourth late uh, and got that touchdown with Malik Knowles, but that was kind of your hand being forced. I'm still going F, um, and, and that's really a shame, um, but it is what it is. We're going to finish up with game balls. Um, you know, have to get creative with it because, again, I don't think there's a lot of great stuff. My first game ball is actually going to go to Emily Starkey. She's been killing it on social media. Uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. The content she's putting out, it is better than almost any... Actually, I think it's probably better than any college football Twitter account when it comes to the creatives and the pictures and the video and the audio. She does a great, great, great job. I wish we could get a win so we could do like a cheeky joke about like an outcome of the game like you see some of the stuff. 
Uh, so I'm hoping we get that soon, but I think Emily Starkey gets my game ball because some of the work she's doing at K-State Football on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, has just been elite. So she gets my game ball. My second game ball is going to Joe Irvin. I think he had a great game. I think we need to continue to get him between 8 to 10 touches um, because once he hits the hole, he runs like I think folks want a running back to run. So Joe Irvin gets my second one. My swagger sticker is going to Verl Schweitzer, opening up the door as part of the uh, team entrance to the field and just the trailblazer program. Again, I think we need to do more. I think that K-State fans, if if you're giving up on the team, if you're trying to – use your energies towards something else before basketball season comes and then everyone's trying to fire Bruce, uh, which I'm not looking forward to those podcasts. Um, Put the energy towards trying to push the envelope of having a more permanent, high-profile fixture celebration of Verl Schweitzer and Harold Robinson. Um, I I think it should be Robinson, Schweitzer, Field. I know the Wagner family has donated a lot of money over time, but... Come on, name the field after Trailblazers, after two dudes who changed the game, not only for K-State, but for the big six. You know, you, you had guys breaking color barriers who then would go on to play in the NFL who would also serve in the military during different wars. I I think K-State has missed the boat. They, they had a chance to honor Tex Winter and name the court at Bramlage after Tex. He passed away. And they did the patch, and they did a lot of good things around him, but I think that was a missed opportunity. Verl Schweitzer is still around. I think we need to do a better job and do a push to name the field after him and Harold Robinson, or maybe the Trailblazers. Maybe call it Trailblazer Field, and then have the signatures of some of those guys or some sort of real honor for them outside of these plaques with QR codes. Again, that's a good start. It, It took too long. Good start, but it needs to be more. So I implore, you know, the athletic department. I implore K-State fans to kind of rally around this. Uh, I implore K-State student government. I implore anyone who cares about telling the stories in the history of K-State athletics and really trying to change some of the perspective about how, oh, we're not a historic football program and, oh, there's no history, all this type of stuff. No, we don't have national titles, and we don't have a bunch of conference titles and all this type of stuff from back then. But when K-State, as an academic institution, trailblazed and led the charge of integrating higher education, and when they led the charge in integrating uh, intercollegiate athletics, it needs to be a story that is told and celebrated and be pushed more towards the for like towards you know the forefront again if every single game people said oh we're coming live to Verl Schweitzer Field or Schweitzer Robinson Field or Robinson Schweitzer Field at Bill Snyder Family Stadium it tells the story um, and I, I think it needs to be told I need to, I think it needs to be more front and center so that's all I got guys uh, it's not fun this isn't fun. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I'm not, except for trying to, you know, champion this idea of honoring Verl and Harold Robinson a little bit more. Uh, be mad. Say what you want. It's not a good time to be a K State football fan. I think it is going to bounce back. I think there are enough people who care that are that, that can snap us back. And again, we still have six games left. 
I think there are still wins to be had. I think the the season will not be salvaged to the point where it's like, oh, this is a memorable season, but it can still be a respectful, respectable season. I think there are still fun college football Saturdays ahead. I truly still believe that. Um, but just keep riding with us. We're not going to stop. We're still going to be giving you guys shows uh, every Monday. We're going to be giving you shows every Wednesday, and we're still going to be doing our live shows. Before you know it, we'll be able to talk about some basketball as well. So we love you guys. Bounce back, rally, or not. Do whatever you feel you need to. Uh, But we're going to keep riding here at Bosco's Boys. We love you guys. Have a good week. I hurt myself today To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away But I remember everything What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you hurt I wear this crown of thorns Upon my liar's chair Full of broken thoughts I cannot repair Beneath the stains of time The feelings disappear You are someone else I am still right here What have I become? My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you could have it all If I could start again, I 
million miles away I will keep myself I would find a way Sports Social Podcast Network